Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on August the 30th, 2022. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, the professor of this show, Caffeine Rage. On today's show, we will be discussing our August Game Club, which is Pokemon Sun and Moon. Although I think both of us played Sun. Ultra um, Sun. Well, Ultra Sun there, and there, Ultra there, Moon. There is a difference. We will be revealing our next Game Club game for the month of September. And we'll have a couple of stops in Community Corner. The least likable developer on Steam may have hit the limit of its permissive moderation. And PlayStation is hit by a $5.9 billion lawsuit for, quote, ripping people off on digital games. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. Uh, I mean, you uh, caused us not to record last week, but I was kind of on the cusp of it with just seasonal allergies just kicking my ass yep so i'm kind of i'm on the very tail end of it i just had a bunch of drainage just down in my chest and it's just at that point yep it's just uh, hell trying to do really anything yeah i was i was sick last week i first i thought i caught something from either my kid or from my wife because she was sick but she has been given a diagnosis of a new chronic condition so she's got her first one now um that she has to see a specialist in a couple of weeks uh i forget what it's called sh i think i don't know what the two letters stand for that you know but it's it causes her to get like chronic development of like painful cysts under her skin. Um, I guess I don't know where else they would pop up, but you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, they hurt and sometimes they can get infected and that's what they think it was. She's going to see a specialist, I think next week or in two weeks. So I definitely didn't get that. Cause I don't, I don't have that. So I went to go see my doctor again and they're like, yep, you look fine. It's like, oh, I very clearly am not fine. I have a sore throat. I'm tired. I'm coughing. They're like, well, you've probably just got a cold. But, you know, upon further conversation, they're like, yeah, your immune system is pretty, pretty wrecked still. This might yeah, be here, a long... let's give you let's give you a nice brain poke. Yeah, this might be a long COVID thing. I tested negative for COVID. So, you know, yay, don't have that again. But I got a very cool thing that I've never had before, which is uh, like a long term doctor's note. Um, I, I gave that to. HR at my work on or at my clinic on Friday. Um, basically, it's like anytime I I need off work for the next six months, I can like I get it as an excused you know uh, sick sick time. I mean, eventually I'll I'll run out of sick days and then they'll have to be unpaid. But I can't get in trouble for taking time off for being sick. Basically. So that's, I guess, nice. I think I've got seven sick days left for the year. Um, plus my, I think I have ten vacation days left. So if I needed to, I could take like three weeks off of work for illness. I'd rather not use them all that way. Being sick sucks. But that's that's where I'm at on this whole deal. I'm still not all the way better. I don't know how noticeable it is. I'm kind of nasally anyways. 
but I'm dealing with a lot of congestion still tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I talk, go for too long, I'm I'm wondering what's going to see what happens to my voice and my throat. But we'll get there. Oh, when it we can't get, get any worse. Knock on wood. Right. Let me. There we go. Knocked on some wood here. My desk. Actually, this I don't think this is actual wood. This is like particle board or whatever. Anyways. Um, that's, those are our adventures in sick land. Do you have any other adventures this week before? Uh, saw a hideous cheap that you appreciated, but that's Franken content. True. That is Franken content. Um, I got a new laptop that one of my coworkers gave me. Actually, I didn't think about that until just now it's sitting here next to me in a, in a bag. She was like, do you want this? It's like, it's an old laptop. Um, I was like, sure. I mean, if you're just giving it away, I'll do something with it. I'm going to put Linux on it, because why not? <laughs> Probably, you know, give it to somebody who needs a computer. Like, I'll put Linux on it and mess with it for a little while, but I've got lots of clients who need technology, you know, and it's old, but it still works. So, mm-hmm. you know, somebody who's a student or maybe who's retired and just wants to browse the interwebs and watch a few of the YouTubes be perfect for them. But uh yeah. You wanna you wanna go ahead and, and dive into this big old topic about the Pokemans? Yeah, so it's time for Game Club once again. Where we intentionally played the same game or close enough. It, it, I mean there was a chance for a Pokemon. Uh intentionally play the same game at the same time and then sit down and have a long form talk about it. And this time we've gone back to the emulation station, well, at least you have, and played Pokemon Ultra Sun. We did have the option to do Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, but we both wanted to do Sun. Yep. I mean, I picked it based purely on the uh, box art Pokemans. Yeah, and for me it was just availability, because Anita had both available. But she was thinking about doing Ultra Moon at some point. She she goes through and redoes the Pokemon games every so often, so it was the safer bet for me to monopolize for a year until I can uh, pull the Pokemon off of it and send them over to Pokemon's home, right? So I could add it to my collection, right? There's a lot of things in that in that sentence that I kind of understood but also didn't. Let's okay, so, let's very yeah. briefly, before we dive yeah. into the game, talk well, about... I, I was going to say, Pokemon's Home, it's uh, their cent- like central storage that you could transfer stuff over to. Mm-hmm. So I'll eventually move the stuff I got in this uh, over to there. Gotcha. So let's let's talk very... Well, I don't know how briefly it'll be, but somewhat briefly about our history with Pokemon. I know that we've talked about this before off mic and probably on mic, but since we're going to be talking about Pokemon for Game Club, let's talk a little bit about our history. Um, I'm going to go first because this will be pretty quick for me. I played the original Pokemon games, uh, Red and Blue, and then later I got Yellow. I've played Gold and Silver. I played Pokemon Snap. And then I played Pokemon Stadium on N64. And that's it. That's, I think the last time I played a Pokemon game was like 1999 or maybe 2000. So 
you know, 20 plus years since I've played Pokemon. Okay, so me, I started with uh, the first generation, Pokemon Blue, and then I played the second gen, Pokemon Gold, and then kind of fell off of it for a very long time until I got together with Adita, played Sword, uh, that's the latest one, barring the one that's going to come out later this year, Uh, then kind of went back and played... Well, it's kind of a weird uh, thing because they had the uh, remake for Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. So I've played that. I've played Legends Arceus and I've also played a bit of uh, the new Pokemon Snap. And yes, that's what they called it, the new Pokemon Snap. Because, right? Yep. And I did have Pokemon Stadium back in the day, but it was, you know, that's more just to play the Game Boy game, isn't it? (laughs) Right? Yeah, I mean, play in in 3D glory, mm-hmm. you know, in, in ye olden days of Pokemon, in case somehow, you know, somebody listening doesn't know, they just use 2D sprites. Um, in Pokemon Stadium, I believe was the first time that you could see, outside of the anime, but, you know, at least in video game form, the first time that you could play Pokemon in, in actual 3D. And it, it did have its own little story, um, and it had its own separate gyms and stuff. But I mean, basically, you Im- you you plugged in I- any one of the game cartridges that that it was compatible with, which I think it was just the. I think it was the first, first two gen- generation. The first two generations, I think. First two. Okay. Now, now, now I need to go back and double check that one. But you know, you plugged in your cartridge, and it read from your save file, and you could use your Pokemon in Stadium. Um, and I honestly can't remember if they would level up in Stadium and then go back. To the game level yeah, up, yeah, you can or... transfer them back and forth. Okay, uh, I, I yeah, you could that. actually use them as a, a little bit of a bank to transfer between games, or to even restart and then transfer old ones back over. So it's compatible with red, blue, yellow, gold, silver, and crystal. Okay, so the so, first two generations. Yeah. Okay. Oh, but... oh sorry that that that's Pokemon Stadium Two, which I think is the U.S. version of Pokemon Stadium because there was. One that was released in Japan that never saw stateside release that was a partial Pokedex that was mostly made to for the competitive scene, which comparative Pokemon just, you know, it baffles me. It also baffles me. But uh, the thing about Pokemon uh, is that uh, the skill floor is extremely low. But if you wanted to, you could get just stupidly complex with strategy and training and uh, breeding stuff, and it just gets crazy. Yeah. I did not get that far. <laughs> I, I did a little bit of, of uh, strategy, but it was mostly, I have a Snorlax at high level. He's going to set on you now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my, at the time, my competitive game that I played was uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! So, you know, I was I was going to all the, you know, the, the Books a Million and whatever, you know, local game shops that had tournaments and, and playing Yu-Gi-Oh! tournaments. I was not playing in the Pokemon tournament scene for either the card game or the video games. <laughs> but, yeah, that, I mean, that's, you know, that's our experience with, with Pokemon games. Like, I've, you know, got the original... A couple of extra things, and then a massive fucking gap. I've 
I guess technically I've shown my kid a couple of things on how to play Pokemon, but he has played a couple of Pokemon games now that I, you know, have had nothing to do with. Um, other than just like, here's how, cause I have an old Nintendo DS that I gave him, uh, not, not a three DS, but the, you know, just the DS that I gave him a couple of years ago. And he's gotten a bunch of games for it that he's, he's played through and several Pokemon titles were included there. But yeah, I guess one of the things that I want to talk about first is before, you know, like you're going to be able to explain a lot more of this more succinctly than me yeah. be- for reasons I'm about to explain. But I do want to talk a little bit about my experience diving back into this after a 20 year absence from playing the Pokemans. And that experience is both. It, it, I do recognize that this is like on me as someone who hasn't played in a long time. Although I could imagine like kids playing for the first time or maybe even adults playing for the first time might feel kind of the same way that I did here. Um, but I, I do recognize a lot of this is on me as someone who's been out of the series for a long time. I found it to be extremely overwhelming. There were some parts of it that I, I liked a lot and could really appreciate the, you know, obviously 3d environments. I love the way that the world looks in the game and how you can run around and explore the countryside a lot more freely, just that actual 3d feel for the exploration of it the game feels a lot less directed um the traditional you know go to town beat gym you know and progress it's kind of still there um but it's not the same it it feels a lot more open and i I don't know if that's just me or if that's by design Uh, it's by design on this one uh because I purposely chose a generation that, one, changed up a lot of things, but two, is a lot later in the series. That's, you know, changed the formula somewhat. Yeah. Um, And then just so many new names and so many things that, that it has, like the little mini games and then like the island management thing. Um, and... uh so many different Pokemon, although the Pokemon feel pretty good. Some of them I was kind of familiar with. My kid watched all of the Pokemon anime that was available on Netflix a couple of years ago. And so Alola, like there's a series that, that takes place in the Alola region. And so like Professor Kukui, I already was familiar with him and a couple of the other characters show up in the anime. And then a couple of the Pokemon, like a couple of the starters, like Litten and Rowlet, um, I was already familiar with from the show and some of the broad story beats, you know, the anime does kind of transfer some of the broad story beats, but you know, obviously it goes off in its own direction for the show. Some of it I was familiar with, but like, it still was like, Oh my God, there's this team and they're trying to steal Pokemon. And you know, there's this other like weird floaty Pokemon that like can transport people and like destroy things. And what's going on with that. And why am I moving to this island? And why is the professor talking to me for two hours? And, <laughs> you know, it, it's a lot. Um, and I just wasn't expecting to feel so overwhelmed playing a Pokemon game. That, But in some ways, I was very, um, you know, it was a very positive experience. Like I said, the changes to the way that the game looks, you know, going from the last game I played, being one that was 2D sprites, seeing beautifully rendered 3D. Granted, you know, it's, the game is is on the 3DS. It's doing the best it can, and emulation does not help that any. 
uh, me playing mm. the simulated on my on my computer. There's only so much you can do with emulation settings to sharpen an image before it's just really sharp pixels as opposed to really fuzzy ones. But still, it, it pulls it off well. I mean, this the battle is coming environments up on look good. Six years old now. Yeah, but the battle environments look good. The animations seem to be pretty smooth with no no issues. Um, you know, good good effects. Battle music is nice. The sound effects or the the Pokemon excuse me, the Pokemon sounds are good. Then I don't know a better way to say that, but I think I know what you mean because you know I'm used to it, back in the sprite days. You would just have like a, a MIDI sound effect. It was like like screeches. I mean, they, I mean, they still have that for the most part, and that's one thing that kind of irks me about the Pokemon series is that uh, they don't have to do that anymore. You know. Uh, especially on the latest, yeah, on Sword. They don't have to do that. But only Pikachu really has its anime style, you know, say in its own name. Everything else is has that still kind of bitty, but not quite. Yeah, it, it's better. Um, I don't know, again, this is the perspective of 20, 20 plus years away from the Pokemans. It feels better to me, but... You know, yeah. going back and playing them side by side or something, you know, I I might not feel that way. But um, I, I like that you can customize your character, whereas before that you can't do that. At least the last time I played, you couldn't customize your character. I don't know when that was added. Z moves uh, are pretty cool. I think yeah. that was new to Alola, right? But yeah, every generation has their own gimmick uh, for the last three or four generations now. Yeah. So Alola's is Z moves, and uh, it also gets into the previous generation's uh, gimmick extremely late game, but that is limited to only a handful of the Pokemans. Is that the Mega Evolutions? Yeah, I didn't get to that in game, but I heard people talking about that yeah, in like, some yeah, of the that, stuff I read. Yeah, that's the Mega Evolutions that are limited to 20-ish Pokemon out of the 800-some. Yeah. So, that's enough. But, that's another thing. There's a bajillion Pokemon. <laughs> I don't know what most of them are. Yeah, there's... I believe it's 800 and some change in this game. And this is the last game, at least so far in the series, that has, at the time of its release, it's a complete Pokedex. Because Sword and Shield, they limited the number that they brought over. Although it looks like uh, Scarlet and Violet, the ones that are coming out this year, will have more. Or a different set. Um, who knows? Yeah. So, yeah. I, that's, you know, I realize that's kind of a, a bit of word salad, but that's how I felt playing it. Now, it was a good experience. I will say, at, you know, kind of at the top, or, you know, near the top. I guess we're not at the top anymore. But, you know, to kind of wrap this up, I did overall enjoy the experience, and I want to play more. I want to finish it. Um, It, it makes me want to play some of the, uh, especially Legend Ar- Legends Arceus. Like, Arceus, uh, yeah. Legend Arceus. Uh, it makes yeah, me want to play that. I would say Legends Arceus is my favorite of the Pokemon games I've played. Uh, partly because it's so different. It's Legend Arceus is almost like if Pokemon and Monster Hunter uh, had a baby. Yeah. I feel like because you you suggested this specific you know generation of Pokemon as a good place to get into or to jump back into the series, and I I do think that overall like my experience has been positive. It has made me want to 
play Pokemon and to get back into the more modern games. Yeah, and um, as opposed to driving me away from the series. Yeah, and there's a few reasons why I picked this particular generation. One, it's easily emulated. It's the last one that's easily emulated. Uh, two, it changed up the formula a bit, which we'll get into um, in a little bit. Uh, three, yeah, it's not sprite-based, which there's o- there was only a couple games before this that were not sprite-based. So, you know, I kind of uh, bring it forward a bit more in uh, graphics. And also, at least according to Anita, which I agree with, it's a bit more fast-paced on getting uh, going on, you know, what's going on. Because uh, that's been a problem with uh, the Pokemon series uh, 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 for several of the early games, was that it would just take ages to really get going. Yeah. And also this, I believe this was the first one, if not the second, I might be mistaken on that one, to ditch the idea of hidden machines. So instead of having to have your HM bitch to teach, hidden machines are uh, from the early games where certain moves uh, or certain abilities that the Pokemon can learn have a secondary use outside of the, uh, outside of battle for a particular reason, like fly will allow you to teleport around the map, and uh, uh, strength would like push boulders, that sort of thing, to uh, almost a Metroidvania esque, uh, you know, unlocking new areas of the map as you progress and get, you know, new st- uh, new abilities. Go back and uh, uh, explore areas that you couldn't before. Maybe find a secret. Maybe find some uh, interesting items. Maybe find a Pokemon that would be really powerful and uh, be good to use now. But uh, this is one that didn't rely on you know having to have one particular uh, uh, Pokemon to teach all these uh, moves to. Yeah. So, so that also lowered the barrier to entry. You get your Poke Uber. Yeah, the Poke Uber, the uh, the <laughs> Poke Lift. Yeah. But it's I didn't, it's I didn't use the one that dug in the ground too often. Uh, the giant dog. Yeah. No, that was good too. I meant to like I I kind of got a little word salady, but I did want to say like I like that as well that there were no um no more no more HMs cuz even, you know, I remember having the HM bitch. That's not what I called it in the 90s, but I, I'm like, you know, I had the one Pokémon that could learn all the HMs and would just have them for when I needed it. Uh, looks like Generation Five was the first one uh, that uh, started to remove them, and Generation Six really uh, uh, ditched them. Which even the remakes, uh, the remake of Diamond and Pearl, uh, I had uh, not removed directly, but they relegated HMs to a different area of the game, so you didn't have to teach them to a particular Pokemon. Right. Also, to, for anyone listening, I used Citra um, as my emulator. There's a bunch of 3DS emulators out there. Mm-hmm. Just all of the guides that I looked at, or most of them, you know, recommended Citra as one of the best and easiest to use. I had a few issues, nothing major. Um, it was just kind of dialing in the settings to get the game running as crisp and clean as possible. 
at a good resolution. The 3DS, because of the two-screen emulation, is weird. Um, and that took me some getting used to and dialing in my resolution for that. And then I had some problems getting the controller set up properly. Um, but that was just more trial and error because I didn't know what buttons did what. Because I never owned a 3DS. Um, so it, it was more just figuring stuff out as opposed to god-awful problems. It emulated yeah. well, it ran well. You know, save states are awesome. I wish all games <laughs> had save states by default. Jesus. Yeah, I didn't really have... Well, I ran it on native hardware, so I didn't have save states, obviously. But, you know, it's save anywhere, and I only really had issues a couple times. I never actually got knocked out, but there was a couple times that things got a little dicey. Which, you know, uh, was nice to you know, be kept on my toes uh, outside of the championship battle, but or, you know, uh, extreme end game, I should say. Uh, there was a couple times during the actual story that, you know, uh, this is a tough fight, and I actually enjoyed it. And that's been uh, an issue I had in other Pokemon games I've played where, you know, pretty much just, you know, get a decent team together and just steamroll. Uh, I took Rowlet, and I got a Munchlax uh, off a hidden area in Route 1. And basically, th those two were the, like the core of my team for the entire game. Munchlax uh, evolves into Snorlax, by the way. Yeah. E extremely defensive uh, and uh, a lot of HP, very tough to move, and only ha really has one particular weakness. And I taught it Hidden Power, which uh, Hidden Power is an interesting move. It It's based off uh, a couple uh, things off your Pokemon that you can't see through... Uh, it's hidden stats. And then, based on those, it changes what hidden power's typing is. So, I actually ended up with, I believe it was a psychic hidden power, uh, which would uh, take out the one weakness Snorlax has. So, right. that was fun. Yeah, I took Litten as my starter. Um, I, 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 just, I basically was just like, ooh, Pokemon. I'll take a new Pokemon. That Pokemon looks neat. <laughs> That looks cool, because, I mean, they were almost all new to me. Yeah. So. Yeah, where I've played Swords, some of them have carried over, but some haven't. So, uh, uh, basically just took a core group that I'm comfortable with. Uh, the game does have a couple issues with uh, how it dishes out Pokemon, in that uh, certain typings just don't show up for a long time, particularly Fire-type. Which d didn't really matter to you because, you know, you had Litten, which is a fire-type Pokemon. Yeah. But for me, you know, it took me ages to get a fire-type. And one of the uh, antagonists in the uh, story, which I guess we'll get to uh, now, uh, it's best tackled with a fire-type. So, shit, right? Yeah, I'm looking at some of the, the different Pokemon listed in the game. So I, um. I've got a a steamy. I like steamy. They're like uh, basically like I I captured I caught every Pokemon I could, but then I gravitated towards the ones that I recognized from the show. <laughs> so, Ra uh, not Rowlet. Um, see, I got a Rockruff, 
and a Steeny and a make me wish I grabbed my uh, 3ds and a uh, Trumbeak. I started with Litten, and Litten has evolved into Torcat. Uh, Tor Torcat. Mm. Do you know it's a uh, final evolution? Yeah, I've seen it from the show. Okay. Incineroar. Yeah. So I have a Rowlet that I named Hoots. <laughs> a Cute. Uh, hang on, let me go get my 3DS so I can tell you my team, all right? Okay. Uh, so I don't have it uh, wrong, so I'll be right back. I should have had it before. Okay, I'm back. Welcome back. Okay, so I have a Gyarados who I've named Sushi. <laughs> and I hit the wrong thing, of course. Because that would be far too easy. Um, uh, my uh, Decidueye, uh, uh, yeah, fully evolved, uh, named Hoots. Snorlax, uh, his name is Bulk. <laughs> a Mudsdale named Daisy. A Magnazone named Probinator. Uh, and uh, my sixth uh, slot is the one that I usually swap out. Um, right now I have a Dratini uh, that I'm working on evolving named Noodle. Noodle. <laughs> That's cute. I also have, uh, uh, what I took to the championship was, da -da -da, let me find him in my box. Should be here. Yeah, a Metagross named Alphonse. Bonus points if you get that reference. I don't. Take a look at Metagross. M-E-T-A-G-R-O-S-S. He's like a robot spider. What did you say you named him? Alphonse. Uh, is Full that Mel from Full Metal, Metal Alchemist? Al yeah, Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> nice. I had, to, I had to think about it for a second. And also I googled Full Metal Alchemist Alphonse. The, and some of my other choice ones, I have a tentacle named Calamari. A well mirror that's named Moby, a Pancham named Pandemic, <laughs> a Delamaz uh, named Gilligan. I may have gone a little crazy with nicknaming things. What can I say? Yeah, I want to get a Lichen Rock, um, which is you know I just know I got to level up and evolve my Rock Ruff. Well, I did get a Shiny as well, which is like a one in six thousand chance to any Pokemon that you well I should say most Pokemon that you can't. That you encounter could be an alternative color scheme. Yeah. I don't, I personally don't care about shinies. I know that lots of people, there have been communities online that have popped up around shiny hunting. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, nothing against the people who enjoy it, like more power to them. It's just, that's not, it, I, I don't care. Well, it's, care it's more it. the fact that, you know, finding one just randomly, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I may have uh, gone a little nuts with just naming things. <laughs> that's okay. You're having fun with it. That's what uh, matters. And, and if you're wondering, yes, I did name something uh, Skull. It's a Cubone. Nice. I do know Cubone. I get that reference. I got a Smeargle named Michelangelo. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I had actually a lot of fun with the game in general. I, I will say that it... Yeah, the story is a little out there. Especially for a Pokemon game. But yeah, it's yeah, it is Pokemon. The, the, they play uh, loose and fast with the lore in general. So the idea of other worlds is interesting. Yeah, the uh, 
sort of the interdimensional stuff. Yeah. Which I'm much more familiar with from the, the anime from the game. I did not get super far in the game, story-wise. Uh, how far did you get? Um, I played it for about 20 hours um, over the course of the month. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it was just like, ooh, I'm going to run around. I'm going to see what Pokemans I can catch. I'm going to go explore up and down this beach. Oh, there's something hidden over there. Let me go check that out. Let yeah, me I'm fight just this guy. of 60, or sorry, uh, right at 70 hours. But um, also, I've, I've been playing for two we- uh, for two months. Yeah. So. I did, um, let's see, there's the island challenges. Yeah. And I, I did the first one. Yeah, the island challenges are basically the replacements, at least in this. For gems. So, uh, the the primary thing of the story is that you're uh, the new kid that moved in from the Kanto region. Yep. Gen 1's region. Uh, and you moved to Aloha that is, by the way, no way it's Hawaii. You know? No way right. it's Hawaii. Definitely not Hawaii. Wink. And... Uh, the locals say, well, you should do the, uh, the, uh, the Island Challenge, which is something that, uh, kids do, uh, when they reach, yeah, Pokemon traveling age of, yeah, the, you know, of, of 10 or 11. So, you start that, and then you, and then shenanigans happens. Pretty much, right? Yeah. You get caught up in, uh, a... Battle for control between Team Skull, which uh, I know that they're modeled after, you know, rappers and hip hop. But every time you encounter one, to me, it looks like they're swatting at a mosquito. <laughs> okay. I didn't think about it that, but yeah, no, you're right. You're right. All right. You're caught up between those two. And yeah, there's no way that the other team is also evil, right? Right. I'm trying to think of what really to go into on the story because it is your kind of your general Pokemon story. Uh, go instead of gyms, you're going on island challenges, which each one is tailored for a particular type in general. But it's not a laser focus on. Okay, well, this is the rock type. Uh, yeah, and yeah, uh, there's a, a little bit more leadway on it, and then you fight a totem Pokemon of some sort. Yeah, which are a significant boosted uh, difficulty. So let me here's here's the story from the anime, and tell me how close this is to the full story of the game. Okay, there's this little little cloud looking Pokemon guy mm-hmm. who's who they call Nebby. Yes. And uh, he's, Ash, a, he's in the game. So Ash Ash fills the role of the player character mm-hmm. in, in the Pokemon. So they just stuck with Ash. So yeah, there's the little cloud guy named Nebby. And he teleports people around kind of accidentally. And Ash trains. At, like Goes to the Pokemon school and trains. And then he does all of the island challenges. And then they go on a quest to level up Nebby and evolve him into Sol Solgaleo? Is that how you say it? Am I saying that right? Solgaleo? Solgalelo? Like the big like lion Pokemon yeah. god. Um, and then they get teleported into the alternate dimension land 
and they have to escape from alternate dimension land. And then the whole plot happens between, uh, with team skull. And then there's a big tournament arc. And then the, the series ends as Ash leaves having, you know, become friends with another poke God. <laughs> All right. Is that, is that not more? R- not really. I mean, Debbie's there obviously, but the, the thing is that uh, the Astro team, uh, the good team, is wanting to use Debbie's power to basically bridge the gap in between dimensions. And well, well, at times they use the term, you know, uh, other dimensions, other worlds, but then they, you know, make it also look like it's tra- uh, transporting in the same universe to a different place. You know. Yeah. So they kind of use those interchangeably, but to help and heal other Pokemon there. And I mean, it's a noble goal, but at the same time, you know, they're, they're, you know, they've are so focused on helping that they don't see how much they're hurting as well. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you have that and then you have the ultra research shut, uh, or ultra recon team. That's from another world far off that had an ultra beast that basically consumed all light there. And they're worried that uh, uh, this other team's meddling is going to basically awaken the ultra beast and call uh, ultra beasts are basically Pokemon, but not Pokemon. Uh, Very over designed, very weird looking, even compared to uh, Pokemon. Uh, you should go look at Ultra Beast, by the way. Okay. There's one that's uh, sort of a clown. Uh, they're worried that uh, this evil, light-consuming uh, Ultra Beast is going to come to Aloha and devour, you know, light there. Uh, and light as in, you know, essentially life, but, right? Yeah. You know, gotta have it kind of peachy, because you're right. Yeah, so a couple of these, some of these show up in the anime. Yeah, you fight they, one pretty early in the game. They probably call them Ultra Beasts in the anime, mm-hmm. and I just didn't realize yeah. it. Yeah, and uh, they uh, show up uh, also later on in the story as catchable Pokemons. But there's the primary one, Necrozma, that you have to worry about that uh, is more story-relevant. And the uh, Ultra Recon team are helping, but kind of not uh, this one team to... Uh, establish ultra wormholes to try to, you know, bring light back to their world. Yeah. So, uh, it, it, I know, it's a very odd story, <laughs> saying it out loud. Huh? It's, yeah, but I mean, aside from the first Pokemon game, which still is really weird, because it's like, hey, a 10 or an 11-year-old kid goes on an adventure and beats literally the best in the world at this thing. You know, all Pokemon stories are weird. And that's yeah. fine. Like, that's, you know, that's the world that Pokemon exists in. But, yeah, they're all weird. Yeah, anyway, Lily st- steals Debbie from uh, uh, Team Asmir and uh, is constantly trying to help you uh, while finding a way to, you know, uh, uh, he- <sighs> trying to think of what exactly she is doing in the early game, because, right? Yeah, it, it's been a couple months for me now. Uh, 
trying to figure out how to help Debbie, essentially, and hide him, uh, hide uh, Debbie from... Actually, her mom is the president of the evil team. Or not the evil team, but the good evil team, right? Yeah, that's actually part of the anime as well. Mm-hmm. Although... Along with uh, her brother and... Right? Yep, her brother's there in the anime, too. Mm-hmm. So I guess they got some of the broad story beats and used the characters, but... Yeah. Yeah. There's... It, it's also possible... <laughs> it's also possible that I missed a lot not paying attention while my kid was watching Pokemon. Like, I'm sitting over there on my laptop or reading a book or something. It's like, yeah, right. po- Pokemon's gotta catch them all. <laughs> Who's that Pokemon? It's Eevee! They still have those cutaways in mm-hmm. in the original series Pokemon yeah. stuff on Netflix. Well, that makes me happy, at least. Yeah, they kept those. They didn't cut them. My kid is, has said to me, like, why did they just always tell you the answer? And I said, well, son, in the before times, there was this thing called television. And on this television, there would be commercials. And those mm. would be before and after the commercial break. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of anything else to really cover on the story, because... Uh, do we really want to get into the in-game stuff? I mean, you uh, obviously become champion. They're they're establishing the, the Aloha Pokemon League that's kind of going alongside the uh, island challenges that uh, yeah residents have taken on for yeah however long. Yeah, but they, but they've also just uh, are starting to establish their Elite Four and uh, essentially the in-game Pokemon League stuff. So there is that as well. And, yeah, obviously become champion, uh, battling your way through having your Snorlax sit on people, because, right? <laughs> of course. I would say, actually, the most interesting story part of this game is the post-game. What's so, different in, in the, the main story okay. and the post-game? What changes? Uh, okay, so, the well, actually, the original, you know, uh, Pokemon uh, Sun and Moon, they didn't have this uh, section of post-game called... Rainbow Rocket. They basically bring back all the bad guys from the previous Pokemon uh, games as one big evil team. And you just go through a deal with uh, them and their legendaries, and they hint at that they're alternate versions where the player character wasn't there to foil them. You know, like uh, Giovanni from Gen 1 is there. Uh, He's the ringleader of them because, of course, he is. Course. And he's talking about how he's never met somebody so talented as he, uh, he took over the world. Does he have Mewtwo? Uh, actually, yes. <laughs> wow. Do you free Mewtwo as part of the story? No. Like, no. no, but uh, you are able to... I'm not sure if you could get Mewtwo in this, but uh, one of the things that you could get pretty late game... It's the ability to uh, run in the Ultra Wormholes. And you can encounter legendaries there. And other Pokemon that you can't find in the main game. So I spent a little bit of time just, uh, yeah, riding the wormhole and see what I get. Riding the wormhole. I like that. There's just a lot of stuff that you could get in the weeds on uh, working on. You know, like just finding rare Pokemon in the Ultra Wormholes. Working on your, you know, festival. 
which I think is more tied to Street Pass, which is, you know, not defunct, but yeah, practically at this point. Yeah, definitely not usable for me. <laughs> well, it was hardly usable for me. Uh, then the island, uh, uh, the Pokeopolis, Pokeopolis, where, yeah. you know, it's the, like, uh, management, uh, Poke, uh, Pelago, sorry, where it's a, a real-time sort of management thing going on, where you, uh, you can get beans to upgrade the other islands, or to feed your other Pokemon in the main game. To make them more friendly to you, which gives uh, better stats or makes it so that they have a chance of not getting knocked out if they're happy or if they're friendly enough with you, or they might have a higher crit chance or yeah, things like that. Yeah, uh, training, sending them off to get various things, or a uh, 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 the berry farms also here where. In previous games, you're able to essentially bury, uh, uh, plant berry t- uh, bushes that you come back later and can uh, harvest for berries that have various bonuses. Some of them are, you know, just a little heal, while uh, later on, uh, more rare and powerful berries might make it so that a super effective attack does normal damage for one time. Or, uh, a berry might restore the power points of a move, or might make the Pokemon more friendly to you. That sort of thing. Uh, the uh, island chain helps you by having them all kind of co- condensed down into one central location, which is actually really nice. Yeah. Uh, then there's the battle tree, which is essentially a power tower of just escalating uh, more difficult battles uh, with Actually, better AI. <laughs> uh, they don't just use random moves, and you'll encounter uh, trainers that have a actual strategy going in uh, for their uh, moves in their Pokemon. And there's the Battle Royale as well, which is basically a one on one on one on one. It's four trainers fighting one another. Yeah, and you get, what is it, one point for every knockout you get, but mm-hmm. as soon as one person loses all three of their Pokemon, then it automatically ends, no matter yeah. what else is left. Yeah, which leads to some interesting things of, oh, well, suddenly I want to help this guy, right? Yeah. I liked the Battle Royale mode. Mm-hmm. I thought that was neat. Um, a different yeah, which- take on, on Pokemon battles. Yeah, which that, along with uh, a few other places, give you battle points that allow you to buy uh, you know, rare items or uh, stat-increasing items, that sort of thing. I guess I do a slight mic hit. I mean, like I said, this game is actually packed full of stuff to do. And if you just want to focus on the main story, there's no real punishment for it. But if you go off in the weeds and start working on, you know, well, I want to see what I can find by going in the Ultra Worms holes, or you know, I want to you know poke around on the uh, on the uh, Battle Royale. You don't actually get access to the Battle Tree, the uh, essentially the Tower Battles till you know post game stuff. So that's a little bit out of the way. Yeah, or you know, sit and work on breeding to try to improve your uh, Pokemon. 
Because breeding is also a big thing. I like that there's ways to level up your Pokemon outside of just directly cycling them through combat. The uh, the Pokey, whatever, the Poke Paradise or whatever. Yeah. They level up there, and then your team levels up evenly, even if uh, you're not using yeah, it's them. It's not quite evenly. It's uh, uh, whoever's uh, took place in, took part in battle gets essentially full experience. Then everybody else gets half experience. Right, but I fair enough. But I, I like that way more than the olden days of like, all right, I'm trying to train up my Metapod. Let me start with him and then immediately switch to another Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, it does make things a lot easier. Or even just yeah, you know, go into the uh, the uh, islands and yeah, you know, put them on training for a while. Yeah, especially like- if you're especially if you're not planning on playing for a while. Although I'm not sure how emulation handles it. Um, good question. I didn't really experiment with it other than like sending some off while I was playing and then coming back to it. Um, the internal clock doesn't tick on the, on the emulator, at least there, you might be able to change that, but basically the emulator looked at whatever my system clock said the time was, and then used that for the end game time. Okay. So that would be close enough because that's how the 3DS handles it. Okay, well then it probably works the same. I haven't tested it over I an do extended know that period of time. It, if there's a change on the time, uh, uh, if you change the system clock, uh, it does flag uh, for uh, certain events to not happen for a while. But I'm not 100% sure if that, uh, what ones it is in this particular game. So, so you can't, like, flip the system clock a bunch of times to get events and XP and stuff? Yeah, I'm not sure if they limit it on this one. I would have to actually experiment with that one, but I never really I was wanted for, uh, you know, uh, experience or anything outside of, you know, uh, well, I need to level this particular Pokemon because I need a, uh, uh, like, a psychic type, and I don't have one available. But for all the trouble, you know, I'll just you know, go battle for a while. Right? Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything specific that I want to add. Like, I bet you've been talking a lot because you played a lot more in the story and you know the Pokemon a lot better than I do. Um, the only thing that I keep coming back to in my head is, like, I liked this and I'm kind of surprised that I did. Not because I thought that it would be bad or stupid, but just, like, I was so... Like, you know, I, I think I... I the way that I have thought about it is that I have been so far removed from the series that has gone on for so long that getting back into it would be insurmountable. And like I said at the beginning, it felt very overwhelming at first, but it wasn't, oh God, I can't play this. I don't know what I'm doing. Because it's still, at the end of the day, it's Pokemon. Like you said, it's got a very low skill floor. It's easy to get into because it is designed to be played primarily by a younger audience. But the skill skill ceiling is extremely high. I mean, and there's I, some absolutely crazy strategy that people have uh, come up with. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I had no problem getting in. I had no battles that gave me any real trouble. Perhaps you know later on in the game that uh, you know some stuff could come up where I had a bad team and I'd have to go grind a little bit. But you know, at the end of the day, it's Pokemon. You know, you've got a a lot of the rock paper scissors stuff. But there's so much other things that have been added over the years that, you know, as long as you're not just, 
I don't know, sending a bunch of fire types against only water types, you know, you've got a lot of wiggle room. And the Z moves add stuff to the game, and I'm sure the Mega Evolutions will, too. That's something we haven't talked about, is the Z moves. Uh, What do you think of them? They're neat. Um, They feel extremely powerful early on, which I think is the point. But then, Mm -hmm. as I got a little bit farther into the game, and I would imagine this happens the farther you go, they start to feel less just overpowered and more like, okay, this is a tool. This is a really powerful move that I have when deployed in the right circumstances. Yeah, that's pretty much how I felt about them after about the halfway point. Uh, they, uh, they're essentially, and I'm going to compare them to a summon from the Final Fantasy series. They're extremely powerful attack of a particular uh, type depending on the move that you have them attached to. And different Pokemon also have a a specialized Z-Crystal as well. So, like, your starter eventually gets one that is tied to their signature move. So, like Decidueye, it it has a specialized crystal for just that Pokemon that's a ghost-type move. And it ties it to Decidueye's signature move that only that family really gets yeah but at the same time if you set it up poorly it it feels like yeah it's a long animation for really nothing because it it's balanced off of the power of that move and also the type so if you have like a defensive bonus uh, or a defensive move and you have a z crystal attached for that instead of an attack it's a defense which is interesting. Yeah. I'm not sure if uh, a healing move would actually do that. Now that I think about it, I didn't test that. Yeah, I guess I should have. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't test that either. But I like I like how you just compared it actually to um summons from Final Fantasy. That's perfect. Long animation, you know, very cool looking, um, you know, very flashy and it is powerful. And honestly, and like said, uh, space- some of the animations are just hilarious. Like uh, the Snorlax one, uh, yeah, he's just getting up and running <laughs> full breakneck speed at the enemy. Yeah, I mean, fastest I've ever seen one uh, move. I must have a sandwich or something in front of him. <laughs> His favorite sandwich, but uh, but yeah, it, they're an extremely uh, powerful move. Oh, and you can only use them once a battle. That's the other. That's the kind of gotcha moment. And you do have occasionally a, a trainer that will use them against you. But once again, once per battle, and it's usually a named trainer. You know, one of the big people in the storyline. And even then, it you know, only shows up occasionally. And even Mega Evolutions, only encountered them twice. And I didn't have any Pokemon that I got the crystals for. I know that Gyarados has one, but... I, you have to essentially just go grind in the battle tower for a while. And I had other things to do. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I mentioned this to you before we started recording. Um, whenever we do game club, I will play. And then like day of maybe day before we're going to record, I will look at, you know, read or watch reviews for the game that we played and see how their thoughts lined up with mine. And if it maybe answered any questions I had before we came and talked or whatever, this has been, this was the most unhelpful one I've ever, ever done. And I think it's because it's Pokemon because every 
review that I looked at said either 10 out of 10 best Pokemon game yet. Can't wait to see what they have in the future or, you know, one out of 10 utter garbage. Skip this one and hope they do better next time. There was like nothing in between. And I'm sure if I went and browsed YouTube for a while or some, you know, smaller um, uh, reviewers or something like that, I could find more nuance. But I'm just like, huh, this makes sense. Makes sense because it's Pokemon. That kind of seems to happen every single time there's one of these games that releases. Very few that I can think of that most people tend to agree one way or the other. So. I mean, um, uh, Pokemon Ultra Sun on Metacritic has an 84 with a user score of 7.7, which, once again, you know, positive 139, negative 22, mixed 22 on user reviews. Yeah. There's actually nobody that's outright negative on this. Well, I was looking at reviews for Sun mm-hmm. and Moon and then Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Just to see, like, you know, I know that Ultra Sun and Moon were, adi- you know, uh, not quite remakes, but not quite expansions either. You know, different. I would say more stuff. of a Yeah. So, I was kind of looking at the, the original and then the refinement, as you say. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, I think that's my final thought. Like, it's a Pokemon game. Look, the stuff that you look at it probably is going to go heavily one way or the other. For my take, I think it's it's a good game. It's a good place to either get back in if you haven't for a while or if you're a new player. Be prepared to be overwhelmed a bit, but stick with it, and it will get you through the initial sort of like, oh my god, there's so many things here. And there's a genuinely good game underneath that feels fairly balanced um you know pretty pretty fairly balanced with what you can do with it and offers a lot of cool stuff and it's like you said easy to emulate my major problems with the emulator were just the initial setup process of getting this control set up and getting it to look as good as i could for my hardware configuration yeah, and since I was playing on actual hardware, I didn't have the issues on that one. Uh, I would say that if you have access to a, a, a actual hardware, it's well worth uh, tr- uh, checking out. The problem is Nintendo games, particularly Pokemon, do not go down in value. As a matter of fact, they just go up. So... Really, the only way you're going to find this for cheap is, like, at a yard sale, which, good luck, right? Yeah. So, just for the fun of it. Um, you're like, oh, well, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. Um, 30 to 40 bucks. So, I would say it's a good entry point if you have, you know, the handheld already. If you've never played Pokemon. If you don't have the uh, yeah the hardware check it out on emulation and i would say that uh if you want a another experience check out some of the remakes that they've made on the switch but yeah uh, the pokemon series actually um, um, uh, kind of uh surprised me and impressed me with just how much they've improved over time 
uh, is there are they still tied to that original formula? Yes. Also, no. They've changed things up uh, quite a bit with just their gimmicks over the years. It's a shame that some they discard them after uh, each generation, but it also kind of keeps things fresh. So, right? Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, I I still like knew and felt like I was playing Pokemon. But also, it was there was plenty of new and different stuff to enjoy. Overall, two thumbs up. Would yeah, recommend. Would, yeah, and I would agree with you. Two thumbs up. Uh, I would recommend. Really, I don't think there's. I've played what I would consider a bad Pokemon game, outside of yeah, you know, it just being dated and design. You know, yeah. going back to Red and Blue, I think it would be tough at this point, short of the remakes. Because right. Yeah, I wouldn't mind giving that a try though. Uh, maybe that'll be another game club. Yeah. Someday, perhaps sooner than you think. Who knows? Well, speaking of game clubs, unless you have anything you want to add. Nope. I'm ready for the next one, which is... Drumroll. Bulletstorm. Uh, The full clip edition. Yep. So, going from cutesy fighting uh, monsters to... Over the top ultra violence. Over the top, I, I would say cartoon ultra violence. With how I, you you've never played this, right? No, I have. I know of the game, but I never actually played it. Yeah, you'll you'll know what I mean by that when you start playing it. Cartoon ultra violence. I have I have played. I don't know what the differences are between the original and the full clip edition, but I played the original Bulletstorm on Xbox 360. Mini... Well, full clip is also what's available now, so... Yeah, that's true. Uh, and I'm not bothering with the Duke Nukem DLC. Hey, I guess I gotta install this. It's a relatively short game. Um, I want to say maybe 15 hours to play through the whole thing. Maybe. How long is how long to beat say it is? Do... Oh, really? It says 25 to 30 hours. I wonder if I'm just misremembering or if Full Clip adds a decent amount of content to the game. I remember it being really short, but last time I played it was yeah, 10 years ago, maybe? Because we still lived in our first apartment. That was right after Katie and I got married was when I played it. So that had been about 10 years ago, 9 or 10 years. Anyways. Uh, I was also putting that in uh, the Discord. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing Total Biscuit uh, show this game off. Oh, God, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm reading through to see what it says. Uh, includes all existing Bulletstorm add-ons plus new content exclusive to Full Clip. So, there you go. Anyways, Bulletstorm Full Clip Edition. Pick it up on Steam. It's 40 bucks right now. It's been on sale for as low as 5 bucks in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I, is why I had it, right? Yeah. Same. So yeah, we will do hit that for our September Game Club. Ready to move on to a couple of Community Corner topics? Yeah, I think so. Oh, actually, the historic low, according to uh, this, is two bucks. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. And it currently has a 10% voucher off uh, Fanatical Games, bringing it down to just over 30. But yeah. 
It's, certain games just get dirt cheap. Not never Nintendo ones, but right. No, never Nintendo ones, but other games. Very cheap. All right. Um, so we're the only news topics we're going to cover this week was stuff that was submitted to Community Corner. Um, our first one up. Least likable developer on Steam may have hit the limit of its permissive moderation. It's being Steam's permissive moderation. The last two Jimquisitions oh. have had to deal with this. Oh, th- um, this week's was just absolutely beautiful. Yes. And it, it, it does make me a little sad because I reviewed this game back in the day when you know I was active on YouTube. It it had issues, but I thought it was an okay game. Turns out the developer, not an okay person. Nope, not an okay person. So should we get into that first? Yes. Oh, basically, this person is, is just way, way, way over into the far right of uh, uh, the political spectrum. And has drank a little bit too much Kool-Aid on conspiracy theories. And also has this whole alpha male attitude and is really obsessed with dicks for some reason. Yes, really obsessed with dicks. I mean, seems a little gay to me, even though they'll, they'll uh, allegedly, they'll, they'll uh, claim not. But anybody that's that obsessed with uh, masturbation, dicks, uh, calling out uh, people being femboys... Uh, based on their patch notes. I'm just imagining gayer than you, uh, or they want to be gayer than you, but, you know, right? (laughs) Way too in the closet for it. Yeah. Allegedly, of course. Allegedly. So, yeah, so I'm I'm going through looking for some of the actual quotes on what he's done. So he's, among other things, in patch notes, has been inserting statements bits of what seem like like a you know a trench coat mafia level manifesto um saying things as as air quote simple as uh equating uh support for trans youth as supporting pedophilia mm. um telling people to take their masks off calling them femboys uh, for wearing m- masks this was mid pandemic or, or I should say the height of the pandemic Yes. Um, you know, saying that women are not interested in men who wear masks. Um, oh, weird. I got married and I wore one. Hey, yeah. I'm still so, married. I wore masks. I still wear them. So let's see. Uh, let's go over to his patch notes. So, uh, this, uh, oh, I happy to click on the most infamous one. So, uh, this is, oh, okay, so this was back in March, so, not high in the pandemic, just, you know, things have calmed down, and this guy just goes off, because, right? Yeah. Uh, fixed, uh, minister might not be able to buy, buy wine, water, even when available on the market. Fixed minister, blah, 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 fixed, uh, 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 this, fixed that, optimized, uh, a couple of things. Take off your fucking masks! Right? <laughs> Yeah, they goes it just just go back to bouncing uh, prestige, maximum training. It's just the fuck, All right? Yeah. On the one hand, I get the idea of wanting to put weird things in like patch notes 
just to see like who's going to read them. Cause I've heard stories of, you know, developers putting all kinds of weird shit in EULAs just to see if they ever get called out for it. Or like one, I can't remember who it was, but it, you know, this is, I guess an apocryphal story of like a developer who put in their EULA that if someone contacted them saying that they read the EULA and gave them like the code and it had like a code listed that they would be sent $10,000 in the mail. And like nobody ever took him up on that because nobody reads Eula's. So I kind of get wanting to be like, you know, fuck all this bullshit in the middle of a patch note. But you don't do that shit because this is what happens. At least if you're going to be horribly, you know, if you were making funny jokes, it would be fine. But being transphobic and racist and anti-science and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Not good. No bueno. Yeah, and uh, then he got uh, suspended from Twitter for fighting uh, James Stephanie Sterling. Uh, yeah. uh, or I should say not even fighting, uh, just threatening uh, repeatedly while uh, they just ignored him, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so that was, yeah, I heard about this on last week's Gymquisition, or not Gymquisition, Podquisition, and then this week's Gymquisition was a full breakdown of, of what happened. Because all of the madness was still ongoing when they recorded last week's podquisition. But uh, essentially, uh, they ignored this person on Twitter so much you know, that they had a meltdown and they wound up getting their Twitter account banned as well as some other stuff banned. It was beautiful. Because it was the whole, like, I'm not being owned, guys. I'm not being owned. No one not is owning mad. me. I'm not even mad. And it's it it moved beyond like me think you doth protest too much to like whoa dude you need to chill the fuck out but they didn't they didn't chill the fuck out. Uh, I'm I'm gonna quote this is sad. <laughs> oh, I mean I do wonder what was the tipping point on this because a lot of this just seems recent, you know? Yeah. Because I'm going back through the patch notes, and they look pretty normal on the just the random ones I'm grabbing. Like I could just be grabbing the wrong ones, admittedly. But you know, things look pretty normal, even you know, height of pandemic, and then suddenly, you know, this year, think maybe just a little too much Fox News, or could be a little too much Fox News, or a combination of like. Some stuff, you know, they had some stuff happen in their life that pushed them over the edge. Like, I don't know anything about this this dude, you know, personally. I don't want to seem like I'm giving him too much slack. Like, even if you're having a bad time in your life, that's not an excuse for you to be just a horrible shit heel of a person, right? Yeah. But it could be, you know, any number of things that pushed him over the edge to where he started doing this stuff and then had a meltdown. Yeah, and with this much of a public meltdown you're going to be beyond toxic for you know anybody to work with you yeah i mean i pretty i'm pretty sure that they were a, a solo developer and now they're definitely going to be yeah and i hadn't seen that they also uh put out a shit ton of dlc for this game that is just all minor uh essentially minor uh, features that should be in the base game added to it, which is shit. <laughs> yeah, like having an exp 
uh, expanded inventory that's three bucks. I'm not paying a uh, uh, playing a fucking mobile game. Ooh, this is something I've never seen before. So I I finally went from looking at different news articles to actually going to the Steam community page. It says, content posted in this community may not be appropriate for all ages or may not be appropriate for viewing at work. I've never seen that even going to look at porn games community content. Oh. Here's the face mask one, though, that I was talking about earlier. Take out the fucking masks. Next time you're at the grocery store, try showing a woman your face. Be confident. Unafraid of the lies. You might get a girlfriend. Women like confidence. Hmm. Women don't like dudes who cover their faces in fear. What are you afraid of? Getting laid? <laughs> Grow up. And then, uh, like, it, the next line, balancing. Prestige max. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. Oh, the, oh, the, the, the discussion forums are just gold. I took off my mask in the, at a grocery store. After spotting a female, I tried showing her my confidence. My palms were sweaty. But I approached her and took off my mask. She was staring at me, but she did not become my girlfriend, nor did we mate. In the past notes, there were no further steps listed, so I took off my pants as well. And then a security guard approached me, and I was banned from the grocery store. One out of ten, bad game. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. Oh. Oh, God. Here's, Here's one. Seems hypocritical. This one's decently long. But basically, it's someone being like, why are people so upset about this? A few months ago, people like Ark Survival Evolved were upset about Roe v. Wade. Actually, they said Joe v. Wade. I don't know if that's a genuine mistake or if they think somehow it's like Joe Biden or something. Wouldn't, you know, don't know. Like for Roe v. Wade and urged everyone to donate to abortion clinics. When people um, shut, criticize them, they were shut down by supporters saying, it's their game, let them have their own views. Hmm. Uh, that's not exactly apples and apples. No, also the, then the post goes on about uh, what they say the Witcher developers, uh, CD Projekt, they don't mm-hmm. say CD Projekt, they say the Witcher developers, but CD Projekt Red talking about uh, the Russian-Ukraine war and expressing pro-Ukraine sentiments. It's like nobody said anything about them. Listen, I don't know why. I don't know what I'm supposed to follow it up with. People like this don't understand. They just I don't d- get just it. Don't understand, right? Yeah, they just don't understand. Like, sure, if if you're in many, pl- not just America, but many places in the world that you know claim to allow free speech and for the most part do, like, sure, you can say whatever you want. But if people don't like what you say. For whatever reason, they have the right to either, you know, ignore you, avoid you, or shut you down if they have the power to do so. Like, the the idea of free speech is only a protection from government interference. Yeah. It's like, listen, dude, most people think that all of this in, to, in modern society is bullshit. Most people are not for... Most people are for, I should say, to to make this easier to say, most people are for equal rights and in favor of the LGBTQ community and in favor of uh, abortion and women being able to make their own healthcare choices. Like, so if you're going to be anti all of those things, yeah, you can get shouted down by the community and by companies or other developers or whatever, you know, depending what the thing is. It's like, they can do that. Fuck off. 
And also considering that there's a difference between a developer saying, hey, go uh, uh, donate for this cause if you believe it in it. And someone yelling in patch notes and banning people and just being a general asshole. Yeah. That, that's something that's always got me. Is at, at times, can uh, society get a little too far on political correctness? Of course. But then there's the far-right assholes that use that as an excuse to be an asshole. Right? It's just, I don't like this thing, so I'm going to be as terrible as possible. Yeah. Like, rule number one, in my view, is don't be a dick. And if you're being a dick, then you deserve, there's a high chance that you deserve what you get coming to you. So, yes. Don't be a dick. Well, it looks like this guy did not get uh, your memo. And uh, at least he's not mad, right? Right. He's not mad. He wasn't owned. Nobody did those things. Oh. All right. And, and, uh, and he's definitely not, you know, he's not like ultra gay, right? No, definitely not ultra gay. He's only obsessed with genitals in the way that a, a cis straight man should be. You think he would feel a lot better if he just jerked one off, you know? Uh, probably. Oh, wasn't that another one of his things yeah. going on, talking about how people shouldn't masturbate? Yeah. A lot of Which positive it- health benefits associated with masturbation, my guy. Although you're what? anti-science, so you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that. Which, wasn't that also something for the Proud Boys? They're you know, manly men that don't jerk off, and probably uh, uh, they they only uh, will ejaculate in a female. <laughs> oh. Probably they probably there's something in the Bible about like you're not supposed to quote unquote spill your seed. I remember this from Sunday school. I don't know why they were teaching nine year olds about not pulling out, but you know, and that's indoctrination, folks. But anyways, yep. that's like a passage in the Bible, like God kills somebody because he didn't want to get yeah, but somebody there's pregnant. Also a passage, yeah, but there's also a, a passage in the Bible how women shouldn't uh, be in positions of power. True. Very true. So fuck those women, both literally and metaphorically. Uh, probably my favorite, I, I think it's a fake Twitter. Uh, it's Marjorie Taylor Greene talking about how God only made two genders. And there's a response. No, he actually only made one and a rib. But I wouldn't expect a rib to know that. <laughs> Sick burn. I'm pretty sure it's fake, but at the same time, I want it to be real. Yeah, I once had a woman, like a woman, tell me that women have one fewer ribs, or that men have one fewer ribs than women because God used one rib to make Eve. Like, all men throughout all history and time have one fewer rib than women because God took the rib to make women. I'm like, I don't... I was like 18 or 19 at the time. It's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to say to this. Like, you're a fucking retard. That was 18-year-old me. But, like, that was my thought process. But, like, I can't say that to you. I probably shouldn't say that now, but... Say lovey. Although, at the she fits... Yeah. God. Or I guess I should say the sandal. Some stupid, especially religious people out there. 
There's stupid well, people from yeah. all walks of life, but I find that there's a higher concentration of them among the highly religious. Well, I I always take the uh, uh, Dawkins quote: "Religion poisons everything," and some people don't have much to poison up there. <laughs> Touche. I'm now starting to get mad at like all at stupid people. And bigoted people, which is, I think, the appropriate response, but we should probably move on before I I say something I shouldn't. Granted, I could always fix it in post, but that takes effort. (laughs) So, So. on to potentially something silly? Yeah. PlayStation hit by 5.9 billion, with a B, lawsuit for, quote, ripping people off on digital games. So... The argument, and this is according to the article, is that Sony has a near monopoly on the sale of digital games, particularly on the PlayStation games, and so it shouldn't be using all that power to enforce unreasonable prices on customers. Um, that's consoles, right? Yep. I mean, one, you're not wrong, like, especially, like, yes, Sony has a monopoly, especially on the Sony digital games or on digital games sold on Sony's, you know, store, their proprietary platform. Yes, that is a factually true statement. And I think sort of it's a true statement in the spirit of console gaming. You know, you've only got three players, you know, and whether you're on you're playing Xbox, PlayStation, or, you know, on a Switch or you know, the other Nintendo consoles that still have access to their eShop, like, whatever ecosystem you're in, that's it. So, you're not wrong, but also, that's the nature of the market, which doesn't make it right, but if you want to have more choices, at least for now, PC, baby. PC market's where uh, it's at. This isn't even uh, consumer-facing. This is a consumer's right advocacy group uh, suing Sony for charging 30% commission fee on all digital purchases made through the UK uh, PlayStation Store. Um, that's about standard for the industry these days. That's true. When I saw that, I was like, well, I mean, that's what Apple charges people. I think Google only does 15 or 20%, but 30, you know, for better or for worse, 30% is, is standard. And I, you know, I think that's too high, but that's from sort of a layman's perspective and also my, like, fuck capitalism, steal everything that isn't nailed down perspective. 30% seems like way too much to me. But you're right. That's pretty, you know, pretty spot on for the industry standard, for better or for worse. That's where it's at. And you, Sony does, you know, do the heavy lifting on distribution of code and... Uh, downloads. It's not like you know, you have to sit and set up some sort of server to be able to download your uh, games, right? Yeah. Is the, is that worth thirty percent? Most likely not. But at the same time, negotiate, right? Yeah. On the or one hand, PC or yeah. On the one hand, I find this commendable. I do think it's important that people are able to organize and and fight for or try to change things that they see as being unjust in the world. Certainly that can be done poorly. Groups can pop up that use this to try to oppress or harm other people. But in, you know, whenever you're doing this in good faith, in this case, reducing 
price gouging on developers, which either means, you know, developers get more take-home money or they're able to lower the price so that consumers can more easily afford the end product. Like, both of those things I think are good. Um, The way to tackle this specific problem is not with a lawsuit by a consumer activist group, but to, one, continue to unionize the games industry so that all of the developers, whether they be, you know, developer groups within a, a much larger developer like Activision or whatever, or be they small groups of indie developers or, you know, multiple small teams, have organizations that they can come together under for that collective bargaining power. I know that in America, we tend to use lawsuits to try to fix everything because our system is fucked up, like one of the worst fucked up um, ones in, quote unquote, the Western world. But lawsuits will not solve this problem. Or at least by a random act, uh, you know, advocacy group. If this was a group of developers trying to change things, I feel like this would get a lot more traction. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the the article, at least, and it might just be the way it's written, makes it sound like they're so out of touch with what's going on as an industry. Yeah. And that it... uh, Well, I agree with one of the comments that it sounds like a lawyer convinced them to sue. Uh, Do I wish things were different? Of course. But also, you know, choose your battles, right? Yeah. And also, talking about Sony having a near monopoly on their own platform feels just weird and out of place. And also, why were they focusing Sony and not, you know, hell, Nintendo would be even worse about it. Right? Yeah. Or, or Xbox, yeah, with Microsoft. Or, yeah, it just feels so weird that they're, that they're going after one but none the others. Yeah. It, it seems to me, and I, I could be very wrong, this is pure speculation, 100%. Allegedly. 100% making this up based on my own thoughts and feelings. It, this seems like somebody's got an axe to grind against Sony specifically. Be it another company who has who is trying to do this as a way to, you know, underhandedly disrupt or distract Sony, or perhaps a you know lawyer or a specific developer that has been slighted by them. That's like you know, fuck it, we'll do it this way, and I'll I'll get back at them in a little bit. That's what I feel about this. It's just it feels so odd, and I could be wrong. Like I said, 100% just speculating, spitballing for that idea. But it feels so odd the way that it's being done, even as a lawsuit. Like, why, you know, what's a consumer, or what's it? What's an advocacy group doing, coming on behalf of these other companies or developers, like, of their own accord? Like, it, yeah, it just feels very strange to me. Like, somebody has an axe to grind. Yeah, and I agree with you on that one. I think it's just the wording of it all, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess that turned out not to be, like, funny, <laughs> but oh well. Oh well. Um. So that's a thing? Yep, that's a thing. So, how can people send us stuff if they want to make suggestions or chat with us? Like, how oh, can they do that? Drop by disc- uh, the Discord, which you can find 
a link to that over at vglpodcast.podbean.com. You could email us uh, over at vglpodcast at gmail.com or tweet us over at vglpodcast on the Twitter. But, but please don't be too hateful with us. We're delicate. <laughs> yes, I'm very delicate, like a flower. So did you want to do doobly do or call it a night? No, let's let's call it a night. I'm I'm starting to some of the meds are starting to wear off. Yeah, and I'm still a little coffee and wheezy and the yeah. So, uh, hey, Rage, why don't you uh, hit him with them socials? Oh, I've been Caffeine Rage. You can find me occasionally tweeting over at Gaming with CR. You've been my friend uh, uh, with me over on Steam, Caffeine Rage, and you've been. I have been Jared. You can find me on Twitter at JMA4707. You never know what I'm going to be tweeting. Could be a meme. Could be some shit posting. You never know. Um, you can be my friend on Steam or talk to me directly on, on the Discord. I'm JArthur4707 on both of those places. And uh, Wednesday night, I am now running the tabletop game that we're playing over there. Still Vampire the Masquerade. This one is called Adventure Itself. Um, you can find that over at twitch.tv slash runicarts. And once again, you could contact us, podcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, game-related topics, or tweet them to us, podcast, or drop by the Discord, which you can find a link to that, as well as most of our other stuff over at vglpodcast.podbean.com. If you wish to share the love, you can also find us on your podcatcher of choice. Our lovely, lovely patrons have made this possible. you find out more about that over at patreon.com slash Podcast. Our intro and outro music is on the ground by Ken McLoyne. You can find his work over at incomputech.com. And, as, as always... As always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice, Bye bye now. See ya. Bye bye